and thank you for tuning in to Faith Worship Center's weekly sermon. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by this week's message as we all live to bring more of heaven to earth. Boy, last weekend Randall was just like, whew. He did some amazing teaching. Still, yeah, yeah, all, all week long it's like, oh man, what a lot. I, I mean, here I get to follow him. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, it's uh, getting to be a beautiful time of year out there, isn't it? This morning uh, during worship, by the way, Anna, really, where if she's still in here, I don't know if she might have taken off with the baby in the back, yeah. Oh, it's good to have her back singing. She just did an amazing job. The team does amazing every time. Aren't you, aren't you thankful we can gather together? <laughs> thankful for our worship team. They always do such amazing work. Mike is just doing a great job leading uh, the team and developing the team. We're always looking for uh, talented, gifted musicians. So if you can play drums or play the bass or play guitar or whatever, please talk to Mike and they'd They'd love to be able to um, talk to you and and set things up with you if, if it works out that way. So I, this, I'm, I'm uncomfortable saying that because I feel like they're the ones that do that stuff. Just talk to them. They'll tell you what, what the process is. And I, I um, was in, in worship and I just felt I felt like just kneeling at the feet of Jesus. And just thanking him for his goodness. His goodness for my in my life. And I just wanted to just stop and just gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. And I was there in that place, and all of a sudden, I've, I've gone to this place before. I call it my secret place. It's, it's um, a place that I believe is heaven. And uh, it's my secret place that I go to in my contemplative times, in my meditative times with the Lord, and just focusing on His goodness and His love. And I immediately saw this place that I've seen before and before when I've seen it the grass was always brilliant green there was a big huge tree in the middle of this green field I've described this before I know with you and um, it the leaves are just full and beautiful on this tree and it's just such an amazing spot I just love going there and this morning I was there except for the tree was no leaves on the tree it was completely dried up and the grass was all brown, and there was no green to be found. And I, I was in that place of just looking and wondering why it looked so different. And I, I asked, I said, Lord, why, is, why, why are no leaves? Why is it not green, no leaves? And, they, and, and I felt the Spirit of the Lord remind me that there are seasons that we go through in life. And I realized that me looking at a tree that looked dead... It wasn't dead, but instead it was in the rest. It was in the tree's rest. 
late fall, winter, when trees go into a rest time. You guys know that, right? Trees don't die. They just go into rest. And the colors that we see all around us are, are the effects of what happens when a tree starts going into rest. And so I, I just was there in that place with the Lord, and, and I just really felt like the Lord was just saying, this time that you're facing in life, this time that we're facing together, we're, we're in this together. I don't know if you know that or not, but the COVID thing has put, a, has put a clamp on a lot of things in our life. And we're all in this together. And we're all going through this together. And I feel like, personally, I feel like 2020 has given a whole lifetime of upsetness. It's just within this short period of eight months or nine months, whatever it's been, there's been this, uh, it's almost like we've lived a lifetime of things to get upset about. And um, I just felt the Lord just, just saying, just rest. Tell the people to rest. Tell them to rest in me. It's all going to be okay. Just rest. So I felt like I'd share that with you guys. You know, you can... Sometimes I think we can be so distracted with so many things and, and get pulled off center with so much. And I just feel like the Spirit's just... I, I believe even with our September, um, the month of prayer that we had in September, it's the same kind of rest. It's like, pull yourself into Jesus. Rest in Him. Right? Rest in Him. You know, he, he invites us to come. He invites us into fellowship with Him. He invites us to come to Him. And that's the rest that we get. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Right? Have anybody felt a little weary? No, you feel a little weary? I want to talk to you today about combating separation. My wife and I have talked about this for uh, some time, and we've been, uh, you know, just seeking the Lord on this whole, on this whole thing of, you know, I feel like for my own life, personally, that when COVID hit and they uh, sent us all into lockdown, churches were locked down, businesses were locked down, still many of them still are. When they sent us into that lockdown. I just feel like I was being forced out of what God had called me to do. Like I was just being pushed out of it. Um, in many ways, I felt like I was being, you know, 32 years that we started this church. And in many ways, I felt like I was being separated from the very people that we've grown to love, from the very uh, heart cry of Worship that we have had the privilege of doing every Sunday of just worshiping the Lord. And I, I just felt that we were just being forced out of that. And you know, in the beginning, it was chaos and confusing, and there was so much disinformation and misinformation. And, and you know, it was like, uh, you know, 20 million people are going to die, you know, unless we do something. And we had all kinds of reports like that. 
And uh, when we locked down, it was like, God, I just, I don't want to lock down. I, I, I don't want to stop meeting together with people. Now, I don't know how you felt, but that's how I felt. And then we decided to jump online. Thankfully, Mike found a great app for the cell phone that just makes it really easy to do online stuff without getting into the technical stuff. And we had already started to order technical gear so that we could have cameras and do all that stuff. But because of COVID, everything was backlogged and backordered, and we couldn't get it right away. And Mike just pulls through with the phone thing, and it's like, oh, this is beautiful. You know, we actually get multiple cameras on iPhones. But it was, honestly, it was weird coming in here by myself and just a couple technicians. And, and uh, Serena jumped in later on leading worship, and Mike did too. And I mean, it was, you know, you're, I'm standing up here speaking to empty chairs, having a camera right in front of me for the first time in 32 years. I'm 63 years old. This is all new stuff to me. You know, like uh, I'm, I'm an old dog having to learn a new trick without having any choice in the matter. And it was just weird. This whole time has been weird. And weirdness is taking place all around us in all manners of degrees. And yet, look at us, we're here. And the thing that isn't weird is that that we're here, that we're loving on Jesus. That He is faithful to keep His promises. So, so faithful. Combating separation. You can turn your Bibles to John chapter 4. I actually had three points that I actually wrote down for this message. All of you that take notes will be happy to know you can actually write down three points. Be nice, Bob. I know it's stirring thing. I'm pushing your buttons right now, but be nice. Uh, so combating separation, I think uh, what we're going to do is just go dive right on into this uh, scripture. I have uh, quite a few scriptures I want to read out of John. And it's First John chapter 4. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, you keep in mind, this was written around 1900 years ago. So around 1900 years ago, when John is getting a revelation of this and writes it down, he's saying that many antichrists have already gone out into the world. 1900 years of history the many antichrists have been out there trying to do damage to humanity many false prophets have gone out into the world and this is how you know the spirit of god every spirit that confesses jesus christ has come in the flesh that, that jesus christ has come in the flesh is of god now i want to just say something before i go into this I'm going to talk about the first point here is combating separation is discerning the Holy Spirit in others. That's our first point. Combating separation is discerning the Holy Spirit in others. By this, you know 
the Spirit of God. This is verse 2 of 1 John 4. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Everybody get that? By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Combating separation, discerning the Holy Spirit in others. So discerning the Holy Spirit in others is recognizing that every spirit that says Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. We can pretty much adopt that as the standard foundational uh, governing principle of discernment. Now, for the 30 year, 32 years that I've been pastoring, I've been in ministry for about uh, 40. And of the 32 years of pastoring, there's one thing that I've, I have learned throughout the years is that many Christians have a different idea about discernment of spirits than what the scripture actually teaches. Uh, many Christians have the idea that discerning of spirits is when you hear something that you don't agree with, you hear something you don't like, you hear something that sounds out of place, you hear something that doesn't line up with the scripture that you've held on to and have memorized and have learned for many years, that if you hear something that contradicts those kind of things, then you're discerning a bad spirit. And I don't know where this idea came from other than it meets in the place of how Western Christianity, how we think in the West, of everything that we hear, we have to agree with, otherwise it's wrong. And that's pretty much what takes place in the Western, Western mind. And I, I personally feel that if we would just get and look at what God is actually saying in this passage, we could clear up a lot of confusion and we could actually own the things that we struggle through and disagree with when we hear others teach or others preach or listening to online sermons or whatever that, that you might hear, reading a book. You know, um, How many of you have ever read a book and you get like three or four pages into the book and you read something, suddenly it jumps out at you and you say, oh, I don't agree with that. Anybody ever do anything? <laughs> Quite a few of us, huh? Yeah. And what do you do with that? You know, you might say, well, I'll just, you know, I'll just continue reading. And so you continue reading, then you read something else. Oh, I don't agree with that. Well, if you keep, if you keep reading that book and you keep finding things that you don't agree with, aren't you going to feel like just putting that book away, maybe throwing that book away, chucking that book? And what are you going to say about that? Oh, this guy's a false teacher. He's not, he's not writing good. I don't, I just cannot agree with this guy at all. He does nothing for me, right? That's what you pretty much do with that book, right? If you find a lot of things in that you don't agree with. Now, I'm not talking about fundamental things. I'm talking about things where you just don't agree. Like you're either in a different place. Remember, this first point 
that I'm talking about is combating separation. Okay, So the moment you take a book and you see something like that, instead of realizing that there might be some things in you that need to change, instead of letting someone else confront some things that might be, well, not quite right in you, instead of learning, you're going to take something and throw it away and discard it because you don't agree with it. And too many times you haven't agreed with it. And you just discard it. And you stay the same. And the book goes in the trash. When in reality you might have been able to read something that might have been able to help you. If you would have been open to teaching and instruction. Is this clear to everybody? I'm talking, now obviously what I'm talking about, and I'll clarify this again, I'm, I'm not talking about things that are not foundational. I'm talking about things that are foundational. I'm talking about you're reading a book. If you're like me, most of the books that you read are, are written by Christian authors. They're guys who love Jesus and they're writing a book. And if you're disagreeing with a lot of what that Christian author is saying and you just feel like you just are reading a book that belongs in the trash... Guess what's happening? You're separating yourself. You're causing a wall of division to go up and create separation. I think, for, I think personally, we have seen so much separation in Christianity, it's not, even, it's, it's not funny anymore. There's just so much diversity and so much separation, and there's just so much... Division. I mean, I, I, I lost count of how many denominations that there exist out there, how many non-denominations that exist out there that all have different names, but kind of like are the same, but yet they disagree with somebody about something, and they have to get something going. So, We need to combat separation somehow. And I believe the way that we combat separation is that we look for the Holy Spirit in others. Um, you might find this in another set in another way. Find the gold in people. Look for the treasure that exists in people. Don't look to judge. Look for treasure. Fine, you have some disagreement. Okay, Okay, that's okay. Guess what? You, you probably can't agree with the people that are closest with you either about a lot of things. I, I, I hope I'm not stepping on toes here. I'm just trying to say, just because you disagree with someone does not mean they don't have the spirit of the living God in them. It doesn't mean that they're lost and should be thrown into the trash. And that all their work should be disqualified. It's like there's a spirit that is not good behind separation. It is the wrong spirit, not the Holy Spirit. It is an evil spirit. It could be the spirit of Antichrist. It could be a spirit of rebellion. It could be a spirit of witchcraft. It could be a lot of spirits. How many of you know that right now in this room, we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, and we are surrounded by angels? There are angels in the, every time I come in this place. There are angels here. Every time I go into Home Depot, there are angels there. 
Angels seem to follow me everywhere I go. I have an angel who lives with me all the time. Always there. And so do you. We call them the guardian angels. Well, guardian angels, they're not the guys in the subways in New York City trying to protect people. They're actually real spirit beings that help us in life. They're just as real as you and I sitting in this place. We just can't see them. And at the same time, there are also demonic spirits that are out in the world. And they, they are just as real too. And they produce confusion and lies and try to get dis, people disoriented and try to cause divisions and separation within people. When we started our prayer, our September prayer, and even before then, it became quite aware to me, this is back around April or June, I would say, that with having to wear masks and the COVID thing and not being able to touch people, not be able to get close to someone, and you had to say a certain amount of feet away, and you had to you know, not breathe when you're next to someone, and God help you if you're in someplace public and someone sneezed. And God helped the person that sneezed because as soon as they sneezed, they were thinking, oh my God, someone's going to think I had COVID. I might get asked to leave. Right? And chip by chip, little by little, that wall of separation began to grow. And now, if you go into a store anywhere in our area, you're supposed to wear a mask. You, you know, I know you don't necessarily have to do all that stuff, but you know, maybe you've been confronted by a teller that's insisting that you put a mask on. I don't know if you have. I haven't, but I do wear my mask, and it's weird. I'll be the first to say it. it's weird. Okay. Putting a face cover on us is weird. If it wasn't weird, we would have done it before all this weirdness started. It's just not natural. It's not something that's normal. But we're, we're complying and we're doing what we need to to keep each other safe, right? And that's the idea. So we wear our mask. And I don't know about you, but walking in a store with everybody masked up is just weird. And, and I don't know about you, but I do know my own experience. I don't feel like talking to them anymore. I don't feel like talking to people in stores. I used to kind of like to talk to people in the stores. Kind of used to like it. You could, you could exchange and see smiles and, you know, greet someone and say hi. Now when you greet someone and say hi, you got a mask on, they can't see your smile. They don't know if you're mad, agitated, ticked off or what. But it's just awkward. And if you say hi to them and something shifts in their eyes, you don't know if you just said something wrong to them or if they want to just keep as far away from you as they can. It's weird. Let's call it for what it is. It's just weird. And it's something that we're all dealing with right now. And there's no point in trying to ignore it. There's no point in trying to shove it under the rug. The elephant is in the room and it's a weird looking elephant. Combat separation. I, I felt like even when I woke up this morning, I just felt like 
This is a message of the hour. We as believers need to push beyond this mask thing. and need. I'm not saying don't wear your mask. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we need to push beyond the having to wear a mask and having to look at people wear a mask. And we need to go back into having contact with people when we're in public places. And we need to be able to have that contact with an assuredness and with a feeling that God does not care about our outward appearance. He cares about our hearts and what's going on inside of there. He cares about the fact that all of us are probably walking around with this feeling of separation in the back of our minds. And that somehow we as believers have to have a higher place to go and go there. You say, how did you get that out of this scripture? I'll tell you how I got it. We need to recognize that just like ourselves, the Holy Spirit is still working on people. And He's working on people that are hiding behind masks right now. He's in there working. He's working. How many of you remember before you got saved? I don't know about you, but I wasn't that nice of a person before I got saved. I was ornery. I like to argue. I like to fight. In the military, I got in a few fights. I just was ornery. Language was bad. A lot of bad habits. Um, I was living for myself. God, He wasn't even in the equation. At that point in time in my life, I didn't believe He existed. If you would have known me back then, you probably wouldn't have liked me if you were the same way you are right now. If I had known me back then, I probably wouldn't have liked me the way I was then. But guess what? Behind all of that, the Holy Spirit was at work in me. He just kept nudging and nudging and nudging. He just kept saying, you know, remember this times you used to sit in Sunday school? and you're, Remember that time you were having a bad day and that Sunday school teacher came over to you and laid hands on you and prayed for you? He would just keep nudging and bringing up these little things, bringing scriptures to memory. I think a lot of times when I went to sleep is when my conscious hardness was shut off and I became, uh, I became more open to the things of the Spirit. And I can remember the change and when the change took place in me. And I was far away from thinking I could ever be changed. But I remember what happening. Do you know how many people are like that right now? A lot of people. We live in a time of separation, division. We live in a time where if you say something to somebody who's on the opposite end of things politically, they they could just disown you. They'll just write you off. You're not even their friend anymore. What is that? That's separation. And in order to fight that attitude in ourselves as believers, we need to recognize the Holy Spirit is in other people even if they don't agree with us. And He's still doing a work in them. Verse 4 of 1 John 4.
So he just goes on this whole thing of talking about uh, every spirit that doesn't confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. He lays that whole foundational thing and then he says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. All right, now I want to talk about the spirit of truth and the spirit of error for just a minute. This is not my second point. We're still on the first point. Um, But I want to talk about this just for a minute because if someone is under the influence of a spirit of error, it does not mean truth can't overcome and invade that error. And if you know someone who's under a spirit of error, you should never, as a believer, write them off and want to throw them in the trash. Is that clear? If someone is under the influence of a spirit of error, they're going to be living their lives in probably multiple wrong ways, if not all the wrong ways. Because they have their head up a bad spirit's butt. And all they're hearing is the crap that that spirit is saying. Did I just say that? You're stuck on that. That's a prophetic word right there. That's why if you can see a clear picture of that, that's a prophetic word. Don't write them off. Fight the separation because I guarantee you if, if a person is in the spirit of under the influence of a spirit of error and you're under the influence of truth, you are clearly going to see the difference. And because you're clearly going to see the difference, you need to take the higher place and not write them off, but you need to be looking for the treasure in them and find something that you can find to, to allow the Holy Spirit to penetrate in their lives. I love what, what we prayed when uh, one of the prayer nights when, when Lynn was sharing about the power of forgiveness. Speaking forgiveness to others, forgiving others. So if someone's under the influence of a spirit of error, there's probably going to be a lot of room for forgiveness. So that's the one place that we get to go as believers is to be able to speak forgiveness into their lives. So that the Holy Spirit of truth can begin to stir in them and move within their heart and go within their consciousness and go within their subconsciousness and begin to stir things up, to rise things up so that they become open to truth. And they... Finally pull their head out. This is the reality of life. There there are walls that want to separate. There are people that want to separate friendships. There's people that want to separate and get cut off. Uh, Someone just recently just popped out of the air. Church is really different these days. It's like, no, duh! Well, I don't feel like I can do it anymore. No, oh, don't die. Nobody of us, none of us feel that way. This is just weirdness. 
Don't let it become separation. Don't let the weirdness win. Someone could very well be in a spirit of error, and yet at the same time, that person could end up someday becoming an amazing preacher, an evangelist, a teacher, a prophet, a pastor. Don't write them off. Don't give in and become a part of the separation. Stick with community. Believe me. I just reminded this morning, one of the brothers in the house, he just said, man, thank you for doing this. We, we, I need this. I think we all need this every week. It's like a recharge for us. It's like you get into the presence of the Lord with other Christians and other believers. There's power to that. I mean, I get into the presence of the of the Lord by myself, and there's power in that too. But I can't live without others. I, I just can't live without the other connection. And that's why I want to bring you to the second point. Second, can you believe it? I'm on my second point. It took me 40 minutes to get there. I'm on my second point. This is what it is. Stay in love with Jesus and others. Combating separation. Stay in love with Jesus and others. I feel like the first one is just to be in love with Jesus. Jesus gave the two greatest commandments. You, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbors yourself. And I feel like the first is the utmost important. It is what we absolutely need to do. And I, I was reminded of this scripture in Luke where it says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. So here we've got this... Here we got uh, this illustration that Jesus is, is showing. Both, both Mary and Martha were loving others. Martha was loving others by how she could do. She was preparing the meal. She was getting things ready. Jesus was in her house. The rabbi had come to visit at her house. Highly important thing in the culture of that day. And it's like everything in Martha's book had to be perfect. And so she's in, getting ready, she's getting things prepared because she's loving the Lord. But she's loving the Lord with what she does. And because she's doing it alone, she's seeing her sister, and you know this, this is sister to sister thing going on here, right? She's seeing her sister sit at the feet of Jesus. What do you suppose Mary was seeing in Jesus sitting at his feet? She's seeing his goodness. She's loving Jesus. She's just like, I know you don't care about eating. I know you don't care about the table setting. I know you don't care about any of that. I just want to sit here with you, Jesus. I just want to love on you. I just want to beat your feet. She just is pouring herself into him. Choosing the better part. It's not that the part that Martha 
was doing was unimportant. She was doing what was important. But Mary, something was happening. And, and believe me, it's not the action, okay? It's Mary's heart. She is connected to Jesus at such a high level of love that she doesn't want to leave his side. Stay connected to Jesus. First John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this time, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us, And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one who has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us. Because he has given us of himself. He has given us his spirit and we have seen and testify that the father has sent the son as the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believe the love that God has for us, that God is love. He who abides in love abides in God. Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Combating separation. Point number two. Love Jesus And love each other as you love yourself. Amazing, when you love someone else, you're actually displaying God. Whether they receive that love or not is immaterial. Your part is just to love them. That's how you combat separation. Third point. Walk in God's faith. First John 4.20 If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Whoever believe, uh, Chapter 5, verse 1 Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who... Be- Everyone who loves him, who begot, also loves him, who is begotten of him. By this, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. 
Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Third point, walk in God's faith. God's faith is higher than our own. Walk in his faith. Love one another. And love Jesus. Let's all stand together. I've often taught the two of the most important things of the gospel are faith and love. They're the high callings of the children of God. You guys, as believers, we are absolutely, we are absolutely blessed by God. He has touched us to the very core of our being. He's changed us. He's restored us. He's renewed us. He's reconciled us to God. He's called us his own. He's given us his righteousness. We no longer walk in our own righteousness, which was filthy rags, by the way, but now we walk in the righteousness of God. He has loved us beyond any of our wildest imaginations. And here we stand together, the people of God, with the commission to love one another, And keep going after Jesus with all our heart, mind, and soul. Not striving, okay, but resting. For we are truly in a season of rest. Father, I want to thank you for these people. I thank you for who they are. I thank you, God, that you have brought us together. That you have... Whoa, Jesus. You have given us so much. We don't only want to steward what you've given us. We want to invest it so that it grows and matures and develops. You have called us for this time, Lord. We are born and we are here in this day and not by accident. Help us not be distracted by the so many different things that want to distract, but help us to pull into you And love one another in that high calling, Jesus. Thank you. For you are faithful, you are good. And you don't do short visits. When you come, you come in power, and it's forever. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about our church, visit faithworship.org. Thank you.